feel like I have to get into the the vocal fry. Okay, I was going to try to do a Philip Seymour Hoffman impression, yeah. but I just... I don't think I can do it. I also think if I, like, when I die and I have to, like, repent for my sins, they're going to be like, that one time you tried to do the Philip Seymour Hoffman impression. No. The only. (laughs) Now, see, that kind of sounds like Obama. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a better Obama that you've got. Uh, Michelle. It's, um, so, like, mm-hmm. you know the triangle of impressions that is Jennifer Coolidge, Owen Wilson, yes. and Heath Ledger as the Joker, that you can just, your touch point for wow. all three of those can be, like, wow, wow. Uh-huh. And you can just, like, really alter it a little bit to make it either of those three. I feel now that I've unlocked mm-hmm. the same, mm-hmm. uh, a PSH and an Obama, maybe. What's another, like, vocal fry person? Know. We can add a third one in there. Oh. We'll have to sit on it. Every woman podcaster ever. Yeah. <laughs> or like um like Ira Glass from NPR. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> so that was a failed attempt at a at a quote opening. But uh, we're talking about the movie Almost Famous today, where Philip Seymour Hoffman has like all of six minutes of screen time. Yeah. So I don't know why I chose him to be my like touch point. <laughs> um, but this is the swamp. It's our podcast. It's an acronym. Stands for some whack-ass movie podcasting. And we got this recommendation from a couple people. Brooke Drew, to one of my my favorite um, listeners that we have. Shouts out, Brooke. A long-time listener has recommended many (laughs) and offered to do the chocolate or vanilla theme for this week. Mm -hmm. And so really sweetened the deal. So if you want to really butter us up, Mm -hmm. offer to do more work. (laughs) <laughs> for us, and I'll probably say yes. Yeah. Um, so that'll be coming later. But also, you can, um, if you're listening on Spotify, there's a little Q&A section at the bottom of, and you can just tap it, and it'll say what movie, and you can just type that in. So um, when I was looking at the movies that people from Spotify have requested, um, underscore Mad Mac B underscore uh, also said, would love to hear your opinions on Almost Famous. So we got a couple of people mm-hmm. who recommended that this week. And that's our theme for the month is we're doing all listener requested, suggested movies. Uh, we were just really lazy. And we're yeah. like, wow, we have this great Google Doc of like mm-hmm. 900 movies that you guys have uh, written in. Um, and we wanted to kick it off with this because Brooke offered to do chocolate or vanilla for us. So <laughs> shouts out. I don't want to like start the month off by being like, oh, listener suggested movies. Now I'm going to shit all over your favorite movies. Yeah. Like, hopefully you don't, hopefully you don't revere my opinion uh, as anything yeah. because it's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, but the quote I was going to try to say is when he's like, the only currency in this bankrupt world is when, is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. Then I'm a fucking billionaire because <laughs> I'm chronically uncool and I overshare everything. So, yeah. and you have a podcast. Almost famous from the year 2000. If I'm being honest, I knew nothing about this movie. I knew Didn't know a thing. the poster is pretty iconic yeah. with Kate yeah. Hudson and the glasses. But if you swapped out the words almost famous with dazed and confused, and you yep. told me that that was this movie, I'd be like, yeah, I believe you. I knew nothing. Exactly. Yeah, I knew nothing. And I kind of wish I still knew nothing, if I'm going to be honest. But it really didn't do anything for me. I... Felt like it was just really drawn out. And also, it's a love triangle between two teenagers. 
and a 30-year-old man. Adult. How do you say his name? Billy Crudup? Is that how you say his last yeah. name? Love Billy Crudup. I mean, hot. Yes. I get it. But, um, hot. and I mean, it also, it addressed, like, why that was a little bit problematic. It wasn't, like, completely blind to the fact that the main love story was about a 16-year-old girl and an adult man. Like, that was... yeah. It was a little bit self-aware, but just, like, not enough for my taste. Mm -hmm. And my impression of this movie is, like, you know what Forrest Gump is to, like, Mm -hmm. the history of the 60s? Of, like, we're going to do all the the buzz things. Like, and now he's Uh in Vietnam. And now he's Mm -hmm. doing protesting. And now, like, this is the Forrest Gump of, like, music movies yeah to me and the way uh, yeah i'll agree with you there. the way that i don't really like forrest gump that like i get mm. why it's important and why people do really like it but i'm just kind of like uh okay mm. you're just like doing the big cultural touch point things i feel like for like rock and roll or whatever like mm-hmm. people i'm doing air quotes um i just feel like they're like oh we're just gonna say the names of a bunch of famous rock people and like make references mm-hmm. and like that's really yeah. all it accomplished to me Mm-hmm. I think it had good bones, and I think that it could have been really good. I liked the the main character sort of, like, as this opposition trying to maintain, like, a journalistic integrity in this, like, crazy world and being really caught up with, like, finding your identity while also, like, mm-hmm. you know, trying not to be friends with them too much, but, like, getting drawn in. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was, like, compelling, but the, yeah, yeah the whole... the whole, I, I liked the start of it a lot. The That kid is such a bad actor, though. He was yeah. so bad. Like, to the point where I felt <sighs> bad for him. Like, halfway through, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, like, are you... You weren't ready for this no, role. No, or any mm. role. They should have just kept the little kid from Sky High, who they got to be the younger version of him oh my god yeah it should have just it should have just been like this 11 year old journalist is really struggling i would have (laughs) liked that better agreed well there's so many different people popped up in this movie jump scare central i actually i really liked zoe deschanel in this role i know you hate her i don't hate her you you strongly dislike her i think she's Fine. Did you know she's married to one of the Property Brothers? Yeah, crazy, right? That shit scares me every time I see it. Because I always just think mm-hmm. that they're married to each other. Like, yeah. the two Property Brothers. But she's like a Nepo <laughs> baby, and she just, like, is the same all the time. And I think mm-hmm. I, I can forgive, like, New Girl. Because yeah. that at least was, like, a, like a, her pocket or whatever. Yeah, and like, that was just her. Like, That's who she just, was. Like... She is. But she actually, yeah, I agree. She, I, she was kind of... Um, interesting she was an interesting little flavor in this movie yeah well same with Frances mcdormand love her love of my life wild this movie was a uh, jump scare after a jump scare in like a good way and then in like then a, in what a the really fuck bad is going way. on like way like it turned yeah well actually i guess i can't say that it started good because this movie opens with the alvin and the chipmunks christmas song i kind of love that actually I didn't. <laughs> I feel like it, like, I'm like, is this ironic or not? Uh-huh. And also the fact it's- that the the actor who is the lead singer in this movie is the guy from the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. He plays Dave, the human man. Oh my god. Yeah. That brings a whole other layer to it. This movie, like was a premonition that that man would be mm-hmm. cast as Dave. That's so strange. 
Oh Jason goodness. Lee. Yeah, Jason Lee. And also, speaking of, look at this man. Wasn't he, isn't he so much hotter with the long hair and the mustache? Well, now I have to look at IMDb. But I felt, I thought he was kind of hot in this. I thought all the guys with the, yeah. that's, I wish. Of course they were hot. I feel like in the way that, like, the girlies are, like, bringing back a lot of, like, older trends, like, you know, yeah. high-waisted flare jeans or whatever. Like, it's very, I feel like the 70s and the 90s are both, like, really hot right now. Um, yeah. Can men Absolutely. do that? Men are doing it a little bit with mustaches. I feel like because of Top Gun last summer, like, yeah, boys got definitely. into mustaches, which I'm, like, here for. And I feel like the mm-hmm. mullet, but I'm like, we need, the mullet is, like, the 80s. Can we take it back one more to the 70s? And can all mm-hmm. boys be required to have, like, sw- like sweepy bangs and, like, mm-hmm. long hair and a mustache? I would like that. Yeah. That's my I, proposal. I agree with you there. I, yeah, let's let's get this um this ball rolling. If you haven't heard, it's a rat tail summer. It is a rat tail summer. Dara's got double rat tails. I've got which two. Is- I've just decided that like anything, whatever I'm presently doing or holding, mm-hmm. I just declare that it's that kind of summer. So like I got rat mm-hmm. tails, and now I've been proclaiming that it's a rat tail summer. I was like it drinking. I was drinking a blue slushy, and now I've just been saying like it's a blue slushy summer. Just yeah. whatever you're doing, you can like Will proclaim you make the it. Rules? It's a honey yeah. mustard summer. Like, <laughs> Love it. That's so funny. I'm having a pickle party tonight. Ooh, that's so fun. <laughs> I, would, I would hate that. Do you just have yeah, like, uh, are you going to do like a sampling, like a blind tasting? A guess which one is bread maybe. and butter? Guess which one is dill? Know. Pickle games? Pickle ball? Uh, pickle ball. Mm, I haven't played that, but maybe we should. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm figuring it out. But they, oh my God. First of all, I don't work at Trader Joe's anymore, thank God. Hell yeah. Um, but they do have a really great pickle seasoning. And if you go and if you slice tomatoes kind of thin and you just put some pickle seasoning on it, gas. It's gas. Pickle tomatoes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Interesting. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to quitting your retail job. Yeah. Congratulations. I, yeah, thank you, thank you. I went in it for, like, two hours, and then I just decided to leave on my last day. I was like, I can't be here for more time than I have to be. Thank you. Should we give a little... Recap? What? A little summary? Snappy yeah. little recap. What's his name? Well, William? Some, some. William... What was his last name? I don't... I don't know. I don't know the actor's either. name either, because I'm a bad person. I'm gonna refer to... The kid. Kate Hudson and Billy Crudup as their actor names, and I'm just going to call him that boy. Um. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, hold on. It is um, William Miller. William Miller. William Miller, son to Francis McDormand. Um, His older sister is, like, so cool, and she wants to listen to Simon and Garfunkel, and Francis McDormand says, no, that is the devil's lettuce music, so (laughs) you need to not. But she doesn't seem, like, Bible-thumpy either. She just seems like she's, like, a... She seems like a like a liberal arts professor yeah, who like right? but like who's it's afraid strange. that like counterculture is gonna like take her kids away from her or something. Mm-hmm. That didn't really like pan out to me. Um, and I know that this is the it's like a loosely autobiographical about the director because he was a uh, like a young you know on the road journalist for a bunch of like rock groups for Rolling Stones. So this basically okay. is just like his like retelling of his life story. And like Penny Lane's sure. like, literally an actual person who was like, Hey, I wish you had asked me before you made this movie about me. Um, yeah. So, so like, that's sounds right. 
that's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, Zoe Deschanel's like, I'm going to run off and become an airline stewardess because I'm 18. You can't tell me what to do, but I'm going to leave my little brother behind all of my records and be like, listen to these in secret and like, you know, get the culture you need to. Mm-hmm. Also, he like skipped a bunch of grades and they lied to him about how old he was, which yeah, is also like, kind know. of weird. Um, but so then we flash forward and he's a little bit older and he's really into rock music and he's uh, also like a really great writer. So he's writing all of these pieces that he's submitting to like local independent magazines and Philip Seymour Hoffman comes in. He's the editor of a magazine called cream and they Mm -hmm. kind of take a, like a mentor mentee relationship a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he gets signed on to do this piece for Rolling Stone magazine, where he basically is going to follow this band called Stillwater around on their tour and um, write a piece about them. And he basically just keeps getting extending the trip. He was supposed to just go with them on like three stops, but the, He's the guitar player. He's not the lead singer, but he's, like, the main no. guy in the band. Like, he is yeah. the guy. Um, that's really yeah. crewed up. And he basically is like, oh, we can do this interview. But he keeps, like, kind of pushing it off because he's such a rocker mm-hmm. guy. And he needs to mm-hmm. be having sex with underage girls. Oh, I just, mm-hmm. I don't have time for your interview. But they basically mm-hmm. adopt him uh, while they, like, go on the road. And he's sort of, and Penny Lane is also there. And she's, like, a groupie. But she's like, oh, mm-hmm. we don't call it groupies. We're band aids. And we this group of girls and we follow them everywhere so there was like Mm -hmm. that and it's basically that her relationship with both William as like an age appropriate Mm -hmm. thing and that they're both like kind of being thrown into this culture together and then also her relationship with Billy Crudup as like this kind of gross uh, like musician Mm -hmm. and then like muse slash groupie like relationship Mm -hmm. Um, and then he like is writing the article but then he's not and then they're like you need to turn in this article and then i was like getting a lot of secondhand stress because i was like buddy you need to write that article (laughs) like like make something up like you don't even yeah um and then he there's a plane crash and everyone gets really honest while the plane is crashing almost a plane crash yeah it's like some some turbulence and then when they finally land yeah uh billy crudup is like oh like say you know say whatever you want. Like, we almost just died. Write your article about whatever. And he basically writes this super honest article about, like, all the shit that was going on and just, like, sort of the, like, a, what did he's, like, a think piece about, like, a mid-level yeah. band really trying, like, fighting their way. Trying to make it, In yeah. this, like, oversaturated rock and roll market or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he submits it and then they call and they're like, hey, is any of this shit true? And then the band is like, no, none of that shit is true because they don't want to be perceived as, like, I don't really understand what their beef was. I, I don't really get what their beef was about, like, not wanting the article to be about them like partying because mm-hmm. isn't that just the assumption that like because his whole thing at one point billy crudup was like oh i don't want like my girlfriend slash wife to like know that i'm fucking around but like that kind of got yeah. revealed anyways so i'm like what mm-hmm. is there like were they just like pissed that he didn't write the article that they wanted him to write like i didn't really get what they're I mean, it was too revealing and just probably not in the best like interest of putting any like, shit out there I guess, but in my opinion, it's, like, you either get to be on the cover of Rolling Stone or you don't. So no matter yeah. what the art, like, any press is good press, basically, right? A magazine yeah. cover, like, that's worth being, like, oh, yeah, Come like, on. you should even make up worse stuff. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so then they basically are, like, you're, you're 16, you're a fucking liar. We, we hate you. And then he goes home and he cries and then Billy Crudup uh, calls Penny Lane and is, like, I'm so sorry, give me your home address. And she then gives him Williams instead. He shows up and is like, Francis McDormand, who are you? And then he goes in, he apologizes to William and then he calls and it's like, all that shit is true. And so then the assumption is that his little article gets published. 
And that's mm-hmm. that's basically it. There's a lot of yeah. a lot of padding stuff just about like life on mm-hmm. the road and drugs yeah. and rock and roll and sex and trashing hotels is so cool. Mm-hmm. Which again, I thought it had good bones and there were moments that I really liked, but I thought that the leading protagonist being such a bad fucking actor just like yeah. ruined so much of this for me. And then yeah. also, well, I, don't, I don't think there was particularly any good acting in this. No, not any, but like all of the lead actors, like Billy Crudup didn't do anything for no, me. He just Kate was Hudson, hot. Yeah, he was just hot. Kate Hudson doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Like it was all just kind of like they were really trying, but it just it was just plateaued from the beginning. Kate Hudson and Blake Lively are indiscernible from each other to me. <laughs> Like, if you told me that that was Blake Lively, I would not know. I can see that. To say the difference. That looks just like her. Her and Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, that looks just fucking like her. They just put her hair in curlers. Am I wrong? Is that me saying that Um, all, like, blonde white ladies look the same? Well, they do. (laughs) So, no, I I can see where you're coming from. I just know them apart. (laughs) I don't. If you told me that this movie was called Dazed and Confused and that was Blake Lively, sold. Yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Yeah, that's true. And, like, I understand that the underage, like, love triangle kind of thing with a 30-year-old man, that's exactly what, like, rock stars were doing and everything like that. Like, Mick Jagger, Bowie, um, Jim Robert Morrison. Plant. Like, Robert Plant. Oh, my God, Robert Plant. It's <laughs> like, when you learn about, like, that, like, the lead guys of rock bands from the, like, 60s and 70s, like, weren't good people. And you're, like, everyone's, like, shocked. I'm, like, why the fuck are you shocked? He would literally wear the blouses of the girls that he slept with the night before. (laughs) Yes, it was iconic, but it was also gross. Uh, But, yeah, so, like, like, obviously I understand. That's exactly what this movie's doing, and it is, I think, self-aware. Like, it's nothing crazy and just, like, throwing out a nasty relationship like that. But it's just still, like, gross to see. I think it was a little bit self-aware to the point where I wouldn't say that they were, like, glamorizing it, but they certainly Mm -hmm. were romanticizing it a little bit. Like, yeah. Like, I think we were supposed to kind of buy into it a little bit that, like, she was his muse and that he really did love her. And, like, at the very end, it's, like, the switching of the groupie, grouper, like, roles that he's now the one chasing after her and she's the one who's, like, running away and, like, or is too good for him or whatever. Uh Which I feel like as, like, a manic pixie dream girl character, she certainly exhibits a lot of that. Like, she's a Mary Sue. She's perfect. She has no flaws. But I think that this movie, at least successfully a little bit, gave her just enough depth and just enough, like, agency over the men in her life that I wouldn't say that she was completely just, like, there to aid in the two male character stories, <laughs> basically. I think she had her own yeah. thing going on, and her, like, relationship with him was as much... You got to see as much of her side of it mm-hmm. as you did both of theirs, um, which I think mm-hmm. characters like her are used in that way a lot. Like, mm-hmm. you know... Ramona Flowers is just there to progress Scott Pilgrim's story kind of thing. You know, I I think Penny Lane at least had her own narrative um, Mm -hmm. to some extent. And I did like that at the end, she kind of was the one that came out on top, or at least, you know, she got to finally run away and like rid herself Mm -hmm. of this like fake life or whatever that she felt she was leaving behind. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I don't know, give her a gun, let her 
Yeah. Let her kill both of these men. Because they were both so shitty to the way where I was like, oh, why are we even supposed to be rooting for either of them mm-hmm. at this point? When she's passed out and before he calls the police for help, he, like, kisses, kisses her. her unconscious body. I was like, that's a wrap. I am I am yeah. over trying to... And I'm like, is he supposed to be, like, a unreliable narrator slash, like, you know, morally questionable character? But I felt like yeah. we were still supposed to like him. And we were still supposed to be, like, rooting for him to get his article published. I was like, ew, you are now just like all the gross men. Yeah. Is that the point? Exactly. Is that, like, is that the point of this Probably. movie? Probably. But also, like, what does he learn? Nothing. Nothing is learned. I wanted the movie to end with his article not fucking getting published. Them being like, yeah, "Yeah, you got to come on the road with us, and that was really fun and cool for you, but you don't get to write this, like, damaging Mm -hmm. article, and you learned your lesson. Don't become friends with the rock stars. Write objective things that are just true. Boo-hoo. Lesson learned. Go to your high school graduation next time, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Think again. Yeah, no, I I agree with you there. Um, and it was just, the other thing about this movie, it was just so long. There's also, a, like, a director's cut that is, like, even longer. That, what else could they be adding? This movie won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay, which is shocking to me. Because this I felt like... an Oscar? I felt that it was... So both Kate Hudson and Frances McDormand were nominated for Best Supporting Actress... I think Philip Seymour Hoffman was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Maybe. Actually, maybe not. He was not. on screen for six minutes. <laughs> and um, it and uh, editing. It was nominated for all of those, and it won for Best Original Screenplay, which I felt like the dialogue in this movie was crunchy as fuck. I do not. Mm-hmm. But I guess it was, like, because it was this really popular director's, like, semi-autobiographical life story that it was, like, mm-hmm. really groundbreaking or whatever. <laughs> Upon uh, hopping on this call, Emily sent to Jen and I this photo of Florence Pugh just really letting it all bear. I mean, we are fans here. I'm a fan of this dress. Yes. Maybe I'll retweet this on our Twitter. <laughs> and uh, you, y'all can see what oh we're talking about. But the I love what she's doing. The buzzed hair, just the... I need to know who her stylist the is. The chiffon. She's just, you know, mm-hmm. she's living her best life. She can do no wrong. Stunning. I think this movie would have been a lot better if Florence Pugh was in it. Florence Pugh was, like, six years old. An infant. Yeah. Yeah, but still. <laughs> she had a little cameo. I think she really would have blown them all away. Yeah. But we're here with my mom, Jen. She's going to host a game, chocolate or vanilla. She says two things. We all say which one we like better. And this week, the theme was written in by movie suggester Brooke Drew. We shouted out at the beginning of the episode, but double shouts out to Brooke Drew, who came up with the theme. So I'm going to say it because I already know what it is. It's that it's going to be an actor in this movie because there's like jump scares on jump scares on jump scares. And um, then it's going to be them and this versus them and something else, which we've got a plethora to to pick from. Also, I'm going to preface, not to just monologue, but I'm going to preface we are recording this after the fact. And we were like really singing Billy Crudup's praises just in, in the general sense. And then I said something to Jen and she's like, you know, he left his pregnant girlfriend for a different actress, right? And I was like, oh, shit. No, I did not know I that. No so idea. yeah, he left... Um, Mary Louise Parker. Mary Louise Parker for Claire Danes, and she was pregnant. So maybe he. You said pick the thing they're most famous for, and I'm like, Billy Crudup? He left Mary Louise Parker when she was pregnant. That's what I know him for. Yikes. All right, so do we want to get into it? Um, Chocolate chocolate or vanilla? 
Chocolate. Vanilla. Chocolate. Uh, chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry? Chocolate. I'll stick with vanilla today. And I will go with chocolate. Um, so, Billy Crudup in this, or Billy Crudup in 20th Century Women? <laughs> now you're going to say Billy Crudup in this, or Billy Crudup on the front cover of People magazine because he was caught cheating on his <laughs> pregnant girlfriend. <laughs> no, totally him in 20th Century Women. No shot. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, same, same. This is, I took the theme as pick them in something that they were most known for. Before famous and after famous, for, for almost famous. Um, Kate Hudson in this, or <laughs> Kate Hudson in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? I have not seen that film, and I, I truly think it. that the only thing that she's ever been in that even, like, tickled me a little bit, like, her performance-wise, was Glass Onion. Her yeah. playing, like, the shitty influencer lady, I just felt was so, like, it was a riveting performance. I should have yeah. picked that one. She was so good in that. But I'll pick her in this, because she was, she was fine. Yeah, she did what she needed to. Um, I'll, I'll also choose her in this. Yeah, I'll, I'll choose her in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Um, she, had, she looked so good in this really, really pretty yellow dress at the end. And I should have picked her in Glee. Cassandra July, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, that was iconic. Uh, next one is Patrick Fugit in this. Or in We Bought a Zoo. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck We Bought a Zoo. (laughs) Fuck We Bought a Zoo. I've never even seen that movie, but I've heard it's a pretty fun drinking game to do a shot every time they say the phrase We Bought a Zoo. Because it happens a lot more than you'd expect. Um, but that it's the same director. He's so bad in this, though. Yeah, it was the same director, so clearly he was just like... Again, he saw something he wasn't supposed to see, and they let him be in some movies, is mm. clearly the case. Mm-hmm. I'll, I mean, I'll say him and we bought a zoo, because at least he wasn't at the front. Yeah, I think I would have a better time watching and making fun of we bought a zoo, so I'll pick we bought a zoo. Okay, we, we bought a zoo for this week, then. Uh, next one is Anna Paquin in this, or as Suki in True Blood. I've never seen True Blood yeah. But Anna Paquin, she's like one of the groupie girls. She's the one with like the black hair, right? I forget her name in this, but she's like the other groupie that has like yeah. spoken lines, basically. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll pick her in this. She was kind of, she was fun. Yeah, I'll I'll choose her in this. I like that character. Yeah, I'll, I'll choose her in this too. She was also, she got like Oscar nom when she was like 10 years old for the piano, right? Remember that? Oh, oh yeah. No. She's one of the youngest ever. Yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, next one is Zoe Deschanel in this or in New Girl. Although she did, like, I liked her in this movie. I felt like it was, like, a good little just enough screen time for me to get what was going on, just a little bit different enough from what she usually does for me to be like, oh, you know, her bangs were, like, swept to the side a little bit rather than harsh across the forehead. Yeah. Um, But I'm going to say her in New Girl because I do think that that's, I'm going to give that as her free pass that she gets to be, like, I'm playing the ukulele and I'm singing a ditty and I, you know, I get it. It's your show. So fair. Um, That's who she is. I'd say, I I would say her and Elf is the biggest zoidational jump scare because she's like blonde. I don't know. I kind of love that one for her. That throws me for a loop, but I'll pick her a new girl. Yeah. I will also pick her a new girl because that just seems like that's one of those ones she just showed up on set. No lines rehearsed. This is all just her free ball. And just owned it. Yeah. I love New Girl. Yeah. Um, next one is Jason Lee in this. Or as the voice of Syndrome in The Incredibles. Or as Dave in Alvin and the Chipmunks. 
<laughs> oh my god, I did not think you were gonna make this the triple because <laughs> immediately you said his name Love and I'm it. like, she's gonna say Dave. And then I did not know he was Syndrome. That's iconic. I'll pick that. Yeah, I'm gonna go for the Syndrome. Yeah, same. Syndrome. Uh, next one, Philip Seymour Hoffman in this or as Plutarch Heavensby in Hunger Games? Ah, oh, Hunger Games! Um, he, yeah, for sure, the Hunger Games. I, again, in my head, I thought you were going to say his role in Doubt for some reason, um, (laughs) which I also probably would have picked over this. He didn't have a ton of screen time in this, but he goes so hard in the Hunger Games movies. His character is so fucking good. Yeah, I'm obviously Uh, Yeah, I'm also going to go for him in the Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah, same. Hunger Games, for sure. We were talking to Dara's brother-in-law, who's a junior high English teacher, and he said, kids just don't read books anymore, right? Except he tried to get them Ugh. excited about the Hunger Games. So my friend at work, her boyfriend's daughter's like uh, 13, 14, and she said she, they saw the Hunger Games this weekend for the first time, and the dad's like, oh, you should read it now. And she says, why would I have to read it? I just watched it. So no books. Oh. No books for the junior high kids. <laughs> wow. That's tragic. I'm actually reading the new one right now. Oh my god, really? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. What's the, what's yeah, the new it's one? Good. Is it like a... It's a, prequel. it's a prequel. Oh, okay. The yeah. movie's coming it's, out this summer? Yeah. August, maybe? I think so. Is anybody, is anybody super famous in it? Hunter Schaefer? Uh, Hunter Schaefer, yes. Um, that girl who, oh, she was just in the Steven Spielberg, um, what's it called? Oh my god. The, the Fable Man? Oh, no. no. Oh, what's her name? Rachel Ziegler? Yeah, oh, yeah, Rachel Ziegler. So she's new to the scene. Yeah. She was in um, West Side Story. Yeah. Yes, that one. Um, but yeah, Peter Dinklage, good. Viola Davis. Yes, oh, yes, Jason yes. Schwartzman. It's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be good. It centers around President Snow when he was, like, a teenager and, like, at the start of the Hunger Games, basically. Okay, so kind of like so, like it's very like the origin story of Voldemort, like that kind of vibe. Yes. Yeah, 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 that kind of oh, yeah. I that think vibe. I read that. That sounds good. It's good. It's thick. It's a five hundred page. Oh book. wow! Wow. Yeah, it's probably gonna be like okay, a- Suzanne. Pop off. I know. I, I felt goofy taking it out of the teen section at the library. I was like on my cruise reading. There's nothing wrong with the YA section at Barnes & Noble. Hold your head high. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Uh, next one is Frances McDormand in this or in Fargo. Fargo. I love her in Fargo. I learned pretty recently that, so like, you know how there's a TV show about Fargo? Like, or like a spinoff TV series yeah. that's like fairly like critically acclaimed way way before that was a thing there was gonna be they were gonna do a tv spinoff series in like the i don't know like early to mid 2000s like fairly shortly after the movie came out and like was fairly successful Edie falco was gonna be the francis mcdormand character and it was directed by kathy bates and it only got one pilot episode which is now like Ah. ripped from the face of the planet and like somebody found it on like some like dark web canadian streaming service or something was like did anybody else know that this existed because it basically like didn't get bought which is crazy because i feel like that fargo show is pretty popular or at least it was that sounds so good oh Oh my god but i love her and fargo i wish i saw that i love that movie yeah i'm also gonna have to go with uh her and fargo yeah fargo for sure um next one is rain wilson in this or as dwight in the office he was in this this was a jump scare because it was like hardly like you could have missed it um, I think I did. But uh, I'll, I'll pick him in the office, you know? That's his bread and butter. Let him have it. 
Yeah, I think that is, yeah, his iconic character. I'll give it to him. Yeah, I've said it before. I, I actually really like The Office, especially when I'm in the mood to watch something just kind of mindless. I like The Office. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Michael Angarano in this or as Will Stronghold in Sky High? Oh, my God. Yes. It's. I was like, who is this? And then I'm like, you said Sky High. I'm like, oh, it's the little boy from Sky High. Like, that's he doesn't have a name. Yeah. He's the... He's the, the boy. What's it? Yeah, Will Stronghold. For sure, Sky High. That had much more of an impact on me than this movie. And he played like a precocious, like we were supposed to be impressed because he is like, he was 11 and he like read To Kill a Mockingbird or whatever. Like, ugh, I'm, don't give me a precocious, <laughs> wise beyond their years child. I don't want it. Ew. Yeah. You hate the precocious sibling. <laughs> oh, be at your normal grade reading level. He should be reading Animorphs. Um, I'm going to say Sky High also. He also was semi-famous for dating um, Kristen Stewart. They were like boyfriend-girlfriend. They were boyfriend-girlfriend. Before they got famous. Yeah, (laughs) pre-fame. Next one is Noah Taylor as in this or as Mr. Bucket in Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Oh, Oh. yes. I I clocked him first as um, he was in Game of Thrones. Yes. He played Locke mm-hmm. on Game of Thrones, and I was like, that's who that is. And I always forget that that's the same actor just because it's, like, wildly different. Mm-hmm. Um, Shouts out to our homies over on the podcast Wonka Watch. We did a collab with them a couple of weeks ago, but I'll shout them out again. Uh, I'll pick fucking, what's his name? Mr. Buckets. What's his What's his first yeah. name? Yeah, Mr. Bucket. I don't know. Is the dad? Oh, Dad Buckets. I'll Daddy, pick him. Daddy Bucket. Daddy Buckets. Yeah, Daddy Buckets. <laughs> I will also go for Daddy Buckets. I recently saw him in um, that movie Submarine. Have you ever seen that, Dara? It seemed like something you would watch when you were like thirteen or fourteen years old. No, I'll have to look into it. I've never even heard the of entire this. the entire movie is or soundtrack is done by Alex Turner. Oh. I you know always you know get that movie about? confused with the Beach Boys biopic starring Paul Dano because I always felt like that album cover just looked like Paul Dano. So when I heard people <laughs> talk about that Beach Boys movie, I always just assumed like that's the one with all the Alex Turner music, but that's not not no. the same thing. Yeah, no, it seems it it very much reminds me of something you. Would I watch definitely listened a... to the music from it for sure. Yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah. I don't even think I knew it was a movie. You should watch it. It's it's interesting. It's funny a little bit. Um, I yeah, Daddy Buckets though. Yeah, Daddy Buckets for me too. Um, last one, Jimmy Fallon in this, or as the inspiration for the Ben and Jerry's Tonight Dough, which is caramel, <laughs> caramel and chocolate ice cream with chocolate cookie swirls and gobs of chocolate chip cookie dough and peanut butter cookie dough. Ah, uh, you gave him a fighting chance. On yeah, this. the only thing you could say about Jimmy Fallon that would have just any sort of spark of joy within me. I actually, weirdly enough, prefer his first Ben and Jerry's flavor, which got canceled when his show moved time slots. So it was like they gave him a new ice cream flavor when his show like got rebooted or whatever. But his first Ben and Jerry's flavor was potato chips dipped in chocolate in the ice cream with then like a salty caramel swirl, but it was like salty, crunchy potato chip ice cream. And I think it also probably just wasn't selling very well because like who wants potato chip ice cream other than me. Um, But I also, I do like the tonight dough. I am more of a half-baked girl if I'm going to get gluttonous with my mix-ins. But, um, Mm -hmm. and Henry's an Americone dream kind of guy, which is... Mm, uh, Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert. Um, So if I'm going for like a brand 
branded individuals ice cream flavor. It's not my first choice, but I certainly would yeah. rather eat a pint of ice cream than watch Jimmy Fallon on my TV for any reason. Totally agreed with you there. It's it's a lot. It's a lot in that ice cream. It's the And personally, I like to keep it kind of simple, but It's the inclusion of peanut butter for me that kind of throws it off because I feel mm-hmm. like I either want the peanut butter to be like like peanut butter cups or something, but it's peanut butter cookie dough and regular cookie dough, which mm-hmm. is just like But I yeah, I'm I'm totally going to go for um Tonight dough. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna go tonight dough. I don't think I've ever had this one, but it sounds really good. The more the better for me and my Ben and Jerry's. Kind of valid. You definitely have like snagged a little scoopy when we're like watching Survivor and like I've got one and you've got one. You do a little like a swapsie. Um, it's fairly indistinguishable from any other like the, the has too dough. much shit in it Ben and Jerry's kind of deal. Yeah. But hey, I'm not complaining. Thank you, Jen. We love you, and thank you, Brooke, and anyone else who wants to write in a theme. It can go with the movie you suggest. Like I said earlier, that really buttered us up. Um, Or if you just have a theme that's not movie-related, you know, if you're like, oh, I want to hear them talk about, I don't know, the freezer section at Trader Joe's. Guess what? We probably have already done that, I think. But um, That would actually be really good. But see, I'm already, I'm I'm reusing old ideas. Send us new ones, please. We love it. Um, Oops. And on that note, goodbye, Jen. We love you. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you, Brooke. I love you guys. Have an awesome night. Bye. I just didn't do it for me. And it's so crazy, too, because looking at everyone's letterbox reviews, everyone has this rated so, like, Everyone loves it. It has a four. It has, like, an average of four out of five, right? Which is insane. Which, again, I can kind of see in the Forrest Gump argument of it all how it could be, like, a comfort movie, how it could be... Um, if you saw this at like a somewhat younger formative age, like I, re- I loved the movie Forrest Gump for a long time before I realized it was fucking boring, um, mm-hmm. or just like that, not an interesting way to tell a story. I don't know. So I, I can mm-hmm. see how if you saw this at like a more formative age, also like Penny Lane as like an it girl character to like her fashion is fucking iconic. Like her one liners are pretty cool. I could see yeah. how you could kind of like latch onto that and be really into this movie in that sort of way. Also, again, I'm going to say, like, as a comfort film. I just didn't find it comforting. No. Personally. I, yeah. I, I, I agree with you 110% about that. It just made me want to go and watch my comfort film, 20th Century Women, and see <sighs> Billy Crudup with a little mustache. Again. It'd be even hotter. This is just a prequel to that movie. This is actually about his yeah. life leading up to 20th Century Women. <laughs> and this is Zoe Deschanel's Life story mm-hmm. leading up to 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that narrative. And Frances McDormand's life story leading up to Nomadland. She's going to run away and live yes. in a bus. She said, fuck it. them kids. I love it. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the jump scare in the room? Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah, jump scare Jimmy Fallon. Okay, if the opening music of Alvin and the Chipmunks was like a knife in my gut, then Jimmy <laughs> Fallon with a bowl cut showing up was like a gunshot to my temple. <laughs> what does yeah, that that's man a, that's know? A good way to put it. What dirt does he have on someone that he just like gets to be around? Because he's I just, I find him so insufferable. He must have seen like four people die. <laughs> <laughs> he was like the, the survivor of a hit and run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were like. I think part of it is because like he used to be like. Like, boyishly hot, I guess. I cannot stand. I cannot 
not stand the pictures of it's like that one picture of Harrison Ford in the fixing the cabinets or whatever, and everyone's like, young Harrison Ford. Like, of course we know he's, like, Hollywood hot. Like, you don't have to convince me with this yeah. picture of him as a carpenter. But there's that one photo of young Jimmy Fallon. Everyone's like, oh my god, young Jimmy Fallon. And, Hello. like, you do have to be a base level of, like, Hollywood hot to get your foot in the door in that way anyways. So it's, like, it's not really that surprising. Oh, Ugh, yeah, I'm just so annoyed by it. I don't want to see that. He's, I, sure. He's... He was attractive. I don't, but I, let's not. He just looks like someone's dad now. Let's not gas him up. He, he yeah. already, his head is too big. It doesn't need to be better. Yeah. As, I know he's probably like a good person. I know he like does a lot of charity work and like is probably fine. I don't, I just find his talk show to be so irritating. Mm-hmm. Making your yeah. guests play like the freaking game where you put your phone up to your head and you have to like say like do impressions mm-hmm. or whatever. What is it called? What's it called when you Heads do up. impressions? Um, oh, impressions? Or like I don't know. Charades. Charades, oh. Every American talk show host just needs to go to the Graham Norton school of oh. conversationalism. Just give everyone a little drink or just and get them all on one couch. Let them talk. Too. Like, like Jimmy Fallon is always talking over all his guests, and I'm like, you're not even asking them good questions. Shut the fuck up. You're making them Grim play Lord. charades. They're like, let's play a different form of charades that I've come up. Hey, Questlove, come on in here. Like, oh my god. Graham Norton hardly even is, like, talking during, like, these interviews. He'll, like, set everyone up for a story, and then they just go. And that's what's brilliant about his interviewing. He just cultivates good vibes and that's yeah. all you need because celebrities are interesting enough they don't they don't need to be prompted they'll come on but anyways jimmy okay. fallon what the fuck was he doing in this movie i really i will say though i was thanking the fucking heavens that he mm-hmm. his character didn't turn out to be an evil manager like that yeah it, it just ended just up a guy he just kind of showed He's up and guy. was like oh you guys are getting big now so you need a manager manager to help you like expand and that basically like mm-hmm. set off the storyline of them being on planes now and touring in bigger cities and stuff like that but yeah. o- otherwise his character was kind of redundant um but yeah. i really thought it was gonna be like a he's gonna pitch the band members against each other and really like tear the band apart because he's an evil music manager because every music mm-hmm. manager in movies is fucking evil like, oh my yeah, god, I was obviously. I was waiting for that to happen, and I was really glad that it didn't. No, I'm glad they kept it as the band is evil. Yeah. <laughs> the way that this movie started, and I was sitting there, I was like, is this a real band? I, like, couldn't remember. Yeah, so it is not, um, no. if you didn't know, it's a fictional band I, yeah. that is basically uh, inspired by the comprised experiences of um, Cameron... Cameron Crowe, is that his name? Yeah. Cameron Crowe, the director, he wrote for Rolling Stone, and he, when he was a teenager, went on tour with the Allman Brothers. So that was, like, <sighs> primarily who it was based on, about him, like, being on the road with them. Um, but then he took, like, selective... I just can't see the Allman Brothers, like, having, like, drama like that. But he, I guess he also took, like, somewhat selective experiences from other things and you know injected that here and there like the plane crash was about leonard skinnard um the character of russell uh billy crudup's character is based off of like one of the guys from the eagles 
Like, yeah. so it's very, like, you know, an amalgamation of his experience as, like, a mm-hmm. young, mm-hmm. you know, music journalist or whatever. But it is it is mostly mm-hmm. the Allman Brothers, I think. Um, Interesting. Was what mm-hmm. I, I was, I was also trying to piece that together. Because I'm like, if this is some, like, autobiographical thing, like, I want to yeah. know. I want to know, like, yeah. who's supposed to be who. Who is it? Yeah. Um, he also, his wife is um, fucking Nancy Wilson from Heart, the band Heart. He was what? yeah, they were divorced now, but they were married at the time and she oh. like helped with all the music in this movie and um interesting. Yeah, the soundtrack slaps, obviously. I read that this movie was a box office like failure. Like they hardly even broke even because they spent so much fucking money on like yeah. licensing. But the only thing I got from this movie really, really was realizing that that scene of them singing like the band is fighting but then they start singing tiny dancer all together and now they're they're like oh but music is gonna bind us together in Mm -hmm. pitch perfect when all the girlies are fighting and then they start singing party in the usa on the bus bus. i was like oh Uh they're doing a bit they're doing a bit that i just like Mm -hmm. i just got Mm -hmm. that i've just picked up on this one so little little cultural reference that i understand now thanks almost famous (laughs) i feel like every girl also like it goes on Depop and tries to find the Penny Lane coat and just like can't really pull it off, and it always no. just ends up looking like one of the, like a sad sheepdog. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like I know exactly what you mean. It's a great coat, but I feel yeah. like all the like resold Depoppy ones are like you're not doing it. You just can't do it. You can't do it. It was made for this movie. Of course, it's gonna be. It's gonna look brilliant. Like, this is not tailor fit to you. And you're not Kate Hudson. Kate, speaking of, like, people who have famous spouses, not that her spouses are really famous, but um, I was looking at who Kate Hudson has been married to, and mm-hmm. um, her first husband from, they were married from 2000, so, like, when this movie came out to 2007. How old was she? She was 21. So she was 20 when they were filming at 21 when it came out. The lead actor was 18. And Billy uh-huh. Crudup was 31, I think. I did yeah. all that math to try to, like, reference in my head uh-huh. what the scale of appropriateness was. Yeah, um, makes sense. But her first husband was Chris Robinson, who was... He's a musician in some rock group, I don't know. Um, but he looks exactly like every man in this film. Like, he looks like every man of this fictional Stillwater nice. band. Like, if you look him up, it's like, oh, so... Th- like, this is a little bit true, then. Mm-hmm. Kate Hudson, and then they yeah. got divorced, and now her partner is also a musician who also is like in three rock groups and also just looks like every man in this movie. So she clearly has a type, yeah. and this movie is clearly like she good casting. She was originally cast as the sister, as the Zoe Deschanel character. Interesting. And um, Brad Pitt was going to be Billy Crudup, and then he showed up and he was like, I don't really think I get this. And they were like, yeah, this doesn't seem like a good fit. So he dropped out. Um, and so then they, they dropped with it. The, whoever was cast to be Penny Lane, they just dropped them both and they shifted Kate Hudson over huh. to the Penny Lane role. Cause they're like, they're yeah. just doing some shit. But I thought that uh, Zoe Deschanel and him kind of did look alike. I felt like that was like a semi-realistic uh, sibling casting. Like they both had the dimples. I don't know. I was mm-hmm. buying it. Mm-hmm. I also now have a new forbidden pair that, um, in that one scene where Philip Seymour Hoffman was talking on the phone, it was, like, really close up to his face. I was like, is that Jack Black? Like, I knew it wasn't. But uh, but now I'm, like, forbidden pair in my mind. It, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Jack Black look a lot alike. I'd never thought of yeah, that before. Yeah, it gave me the same kind of vibe, honestly. Just the way, the way he was, like, throwing around the music in the studio and everything like that. And being like, oh, this song. And the- 
Like, I don't know, he's doing some weird little dance moves. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace. But, Rest in peace, yeah. King, to a legend. Icon, legend, love him so much. Okay, do we want to do our regularly scheduled programming? Yeah. Um. Okay. Absolutely. Do we want to include... Kate Hudson and William because they were about they were over eighteen in real life or they're supposed no. to be sixteen in this movie so let's just like yeah no let's keep it that way so do we want to do Francis yeah. McDormand Billy Crudup yes and who's like a third who's like uh-huh. a wild car- Philip Seymour Hoffman okay yeah I let's like do like this. the top three billing actors of this film yeah I think I have to fuck Billy Crudup because he is exceptionally hot. And then I'm going to... Does Frances McDormand is great, but in this movie, she, her character, she just seemed like a lot. Insane. Like, I could not deal... Yeah, I guess I have to kill her and then marry Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, I think... That feels like my only Yeah, option. I am going to have to agree with you, because I don't want to marry her, and she, I, huh. she's just too intense for me. She has two, yeah. like, English teacher who thinks that they can tell you, like, <laughs> your life story, even though you're, like, 14 and you're, like... What what do you mean mm-hmm. that I need to be more emotionally vulnerable? Like mm-hmm. this is we're just reading of mice and men. Can you chill out? Um, yeah, come on. She please. gave me that vibe, which I wasn't yeah. into, and I'm definitely not marrying Billy Crudup because his character fucking sucks. Um, yeah, but that mustache was doing it for me, and his little wavy haircut, mm-hmm. mm, hot. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like um. Girls who poop versus bitches who shit. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like girls who like Billy Crudup in Almost Famous versus girls who like Billy Crudup in 20th Century Women. Like, uh, girls who yeah. poop versus bitches who shit. Who shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to marry Philip Seymour Hoffman because his all six yeah. minutes of screen time that his character had, he seemed all right. He was like a beverage girly. They like went out to a diner and he had like a bottle of Coke, a cup of coffee and a glass of water, like, and something Love else. It. So it's like relatable. Yeah. Been there. So bloody. And then what are you going to eat and drink? I'm going to eat what I think the band would serve me, which is, I think a slim gym, a, a single slim gym. No, <laughs> um, a lukewarm beer and, um, a handful of pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> not nothing to dip them with that's Just so sad you know when they like they trade penny for the beer and then you get that like nice emotional yeah. scene where she's like she like has her moment and then she like pulls it together and then she like makes a joke she's like oh like but what kind of beer was it if you learned that yeah. you were like socially bargained for a case of beer what kind of beer do you think would at least make you feel less shitty you'd be like okay that's kind of fair land shark i don't know what that is is, it, is that good it's like yeah, it's kind of Corona y. I don't know, but like Corona's too like typical. Mm-hmm. I feel if it was for a fucking like PBR or Bud Light, I'd be. I was livid. gonna say PBR. I think or that's what I'm worth. <laughs> I'm not a case of peebs. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I I think Landshark I'd be okay with. Or like, mm-hmm. or maybe like a Stella Stella Artois. Okay, that's kind of fancy. I'd be like, okay. Or I would I would want um. Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. Yeah, that of would course, make of me. Feel, that would be ideal. Yeah, that make me feel like less shit. Yeah, it's ideal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's. Yeah. I felt like they were in hotels a lot, and so that got me into like room service kind of vibes. And when you're like when you're like on the road with the band yeah. and you're like ordering a lot of room service, um, I felt like room service to me. I just equate it to breakfast in bed. So I feel like you get some 
you could like order from a diner, I guess, or you could just like make it yourself, but like really good French toast, like with some like mm-hmm. some like berries and some little whipped cream. I don't know, like a fancy French mm-hmm. toast that you would want to be served like at a nice hotel in your bed. Mm-hmm. And then just mimosas. Breakfast in bed, baby. Even though I'm sure they were not um, ordering that. I'm sure their room service no. was like a yes. <laughs> And then what are you gonna watch after this? Rocket Man. Yeah. I'm gonna watch Rocket Man. Just cause it yeah. Well, and I love that movie, and I don't think I got nearly enough credit for what it was. And I think Taron Edgerton is a darling. Elton John is one of those celebrities that I think when he dies, I'm gonna, like... It's not gonna feel real, Faulty. you know? It's like it's like when the yeah. Queen died, and it was like she was such a, a yeah. staple in a lot of people's, like, cultural mm-hmm. zeitgeist. That it's like, oh my yeah. god, I can't believe she's dead, even though she's so old. Like, that's how I feel yeah. about Elton John. Like, once he dies, yeah. it's gonna be like, oh my god, like, I know he was old, but, like, wow, like, that's wild. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I still think he's got some left. He's got yeah, some he's, uh, he's been on his yeah. farewell tour for, like... For, like, four years. Yeah, for a long yeah, time now. Wild. Did you know that he is the artist who has made the most money uh, at comparatively ever touring? No. Yeah, I was, uh, I heard somebody talking about, like, the Taylor Swift versus Beyonce, like, revenue of their tours right now. They brought up mm. that, um, yeah, that Elton John has made the, he is the most lucrative touring artist of all time. Which that makes sense to me. He's, I feel like he's been touring his whole fucking life. Like, did he ever even stop? He's been on his farewell true. tour for 10 That's years true. now. Like, of course. Since he was 20. Yeah. And, like, fully will sell out every stadium because, like, a fucking course he does. He's Elton oh, John. absolutely. I saw him on his farewell tour. Oh, really? You did? Was it good? Yeah. Yeah, it was three years yeah. ago. <laughs> it was great. Farewell, Elton. See you next year. <laughs> Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> like, come on. Uh-huh. I'm... What about you? Gotta watch a movie about how music actually brings people together in a meaningful and wholesome way. And there's no creepy relationships between underage people and adults. And I think you should watch School of Rock. I think you just shift from Philip Seymour Hoffman to Jack Black. And that's the real spirit of fucking rock and roll, baby, is Jack Black in School of Rock teaching those kids how to be fucking confident. That movie. I think that's an... Yeah, that's an exceptional... Because that's the whole time I was like, um, oh, I just wish I was watching The School of Rock. Because, like, that movie does, yeah. like, the referency things where it's like, we're going to say the name of a song and your dad on the couch is going to be like, yeah, I know that one. Like, that movie does that in a way uh-huh. that doesn't bug me and this movie, it didn't know uh-huh. that it did bug me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then agree. what are you going to give it out of 10? I'll give it, like, a 4. Because I... 4, I, I, yeah. I get it. It wasn't bad it was not like i wasn't miserable the whole time i was watching yeah. it and it did have some some nice moments that i thought were cute but it was just i just also wish it was i wouldn't watch it, it was, again i wish it was like stylistically a little bit more elegant as well because i had that really nice yeah. intro scene of like the handwriting of the names and sort of the like grainy mm-hmm. um you know shots of like old records and stuff i thought we were going to get a little bit more of that and i thought the costuming was pretty good i just wish there was a little bit more I don't know, artistry in the the visual direction a little bit. And also just recast Mm -hmm. that fucking kid. I'm so sorry. He was just insufferably bad. Um, Yeah, really did not rock with that. But uh, so sorry to Brooke and the lovely Spotify listener who suggested this. If you really love this movie and we're hoping for glowing Mm -hmm. reviews, um, I'm sorry. But... We did cover your movie, and we are going to cover other movies that listeners suggest mm-hmm. later this month. Some some highs and some lows, I'm going to say. I'm not done complaining. And I feel like y'all 
Y'all maybe kind of want to hear me complain because you're really pushing my buttons with some of these suggestions. Um, (laughs) So stay tuned for all of that this month. As always, all of our shit is in the description below. We are also starting a a little backlog of content that we'll hopefully put up on a Patreon sometime soon. uh, Video versions of episodes, maybe some bonus content. Uh, But so we're just kind of trying to get that rolling before I ask you for any money. But just think about it. And if anything comes to mind that you're like, oh, my God, you guys should really do a bonus episode about XYZ. I would like to hear you guys talk about what TV you like. I don't know. any Anything that sort of mm-hmm. rings a bell, um, let us know. Drop mm-hmm. a suggestion and continue, as always, to send us your movie suggestions. We love you all, and goodbye and good night.